With Medical Memory recording hundreds of thousands of patients with their HIPAA-compliant mobile app, we felt it was relevant to start discussing the best practices in patient communication, especially now that so many providers are recording these patient interactions with video. My name is Julie, and I've spent 15 years working with physicians to strengthen their communication skills. Listen in as we learn tips from the industry's best in patient experience. How can we strengthen these patient and family conversations and help our nurses and providers optimize their time, especially now that the camera is on? So quiet on the set, roll camera. This is scene one, take one, patient. Now, action. Hi, my name is Julia. I'm here with another episode of Take One Patient. Um, I'm here with Dr. Eric Wilkie. I'm very excited to connect with him and kind of have him share some of his insight um, being not only a physician, um, but also uh, an entrepreneur and really getting into a lot of the tech that goes along with um the emergency room and also just uh, patient communication and patient care. So thank you, Dr. Wilkie, for joining us today. Sure thing, Julie. Um, so why don't you start a little bit and you give a little bit of background because you'll do a lot better job than I will about kind of, you know, you started as an emergency physician and kind of a little bit of your medical background before we dive into the other pieces that you're doing. Uh, sure. So, um, yeah, I went to medical school in Texas and, uh, Started off thinking I want to do one thing, but then as you get exposed to other specialties and whatnot, uh, I, I really gravitated towards emergency medicine. Uh, I liked sort of the fast pace, you know, the little adrenaline uh, junkie that that had. And uh, plus it was, uh, you know, other than nights, weekends and holidays, shift work, you know, when you're home, you're home. And so it was kind of a nice for family life. Uh, I wound up doing a residency in, out in Phoenix, was there four years and um, and then was in emergency medicine, clinically practicing for 25 years, still do some, but now it's a lot more admin and some other things that are, uh, you know, that we've got in the, in the development. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the quick, quick run. <laughs> The quick run of it. So, so definitely, I mean, practicing for quite a long time, you started to see, um, I'm sure a lot of advancements, especially in the past 20 years, you said you were practicing um, in technology and different ways um, that patient care could be handled. Um, what were some of the gaps that you kind of started to see in the emergency room that you wanted to address now moving into the, the physician standpoint or the well, entrepreneur standpoint? Well, you know, as we as we got involved in these uh, freestanding emergency departments that were popping up uh, everywhere, probably too many of them. Um, and, and we're just looking at documentation solutions. And one of the things that we were interested in is, uh, you know, how do we record the conversation between the physician and the patient? Because what we know from studies and data, uh, even highly educated patients, patients with advanced degrees, you know, a, a master's or a PhD, um, their retention of what is told to them is surprisingly low. Um, and so I think the physicians have an idea that everything's being communicated and being communicated well. Um, but the reality is that's not the case. And then the number one thing in the trash can outside of an emergency department is the paperwork, you know, with all the printed, you know, novella of information that gets given to them. Uh, and then, so again, as we started diving in and looking at what's published, 
we really wanted to condense down our instruction, our printed instruction sheet to one page or less, you know, maybe sometimes it's a page and a half, depending on what it is, but really shrink that down. And then we wanted to do an audio recording. Uh, nobody was doing it. We couldn't get anybody to do it. And so for better or worse, we wrote our own EMR, our own charting software. Um, and as part of that was a, a media function. So you could add pictures, you could add audio. Um, we didn't do video, which is kind of how you and I got in contact. Um, but I think the, I, I think that that recorded content given to the patient so they can listen to it again, uh, digest it later, share it, um, I think has been a, a, a great win. And then, you know, you get some of the initial pushback. It's like, well, you know, what if I don't say everything I should say? Or, you know, what if I, and then the problem is if, if you don't tell them what you're supposed to tell them, it doesn't matter whether you're recorded or not. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, everybody has the phone in their pocket, right? Um, and so uh, you should just run on the assumption you're being recorded anyways. Uh, I think there's a couple cases, one in anesthesia in particular, where they did not run on the assumption and the patient was under anesthesia and they said a bunch of stuff and I got that person in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So again, I think if, you know, I think this, this has the opportunity to really help patients. Uh, I think the concerns that people have are mostly unfounded. And like I said, uh, don't be surprised if you're getting recorded, you know, at any point anyway. So, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, as you say, I mean, originally I, I so appreciate that um, the reason that you started doing it was like, you know, patients are not even reading this information. Um, you know, how can we provide them a second medium so that they're really understanding what's going on and they're really understanding the information? Because I, I, I had dealt with a dad that had uh, was discharged from the hospital just from having a scheduled surgery. Like, I can't even imagine the emotion that also is wrapped around someone that is going into a medical situation unexpectedly, whether it be a heart attack or shortness of breath or any of those things where you weren't expecting to be there, planning to be there. Like, naturally, everything's going to be also a lot higher. Um, and so providing that to the patients, I mean, is, is of tremendous value there. Um, now when you guys started doing that, you, what, what was, uh, you mentioned kind of the initial reaction of the providers. Um, but what did you see as far as the impact it had on you outside of just patient care, um, and making sure that the patient had this information, but what kind of things did you see that impacted years ago when you started this, um, on your individual practice and even, um, or are you as a, like as a provider? Well, you know, one one thing that we discovered or I discovered for myself is I, I thought, oh, you know, I do a pretty good job of explaining this. Um, but as we moved into the audio recording, uh, we created a basically a structured checklist of things to tell the patients. And then as you start doing just over and over and over, you realize, <clears throat> well, maybe I, I wasn't doing as good of a job as I thought. Uh, and so, you know, having that you know, we call it the, you know, the discharge checklist, you know, and, uh, and so you just kind of go through and, and hit all the items and make sure, you know, one of the last things is like, do you have any questions? Do you feel like you understand everything we told you? Is there anything that we need to go over again? And, uh, and that's, I think that's very, very helpful. Uh, I think without developing and you can do that process obviously without having to be recorded, right? but I think applying that, that checklist manifesto approach to making sure we communicate to the patients. And, you know, and you mentioned like, 
I have medical training, been doing this for a long time, but my mother-in-law was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so I was going to some of the appointments with her and, you know, I'm feverishly taking notes because this is, you know, although I understand a lot what's going on, this is definitely outside my field of expertise. And uh, I'm not familiar with the different types of immunotherapies or chemo that they're looking at doing. And so, you know, I, it was very poignant to, to be like, you know what, let me, <laughs> I'm going to pull up my phone. I'm turning on the audio memo, you know, voice memo, and I'm going to record this because, you know, there's just too much information going back and forth to me being able to write down everything that I need to. So, right. uh, I, I think this is, is an important thing that should be embraced heavily. Well, and the other thing is a lot of our providers have even said, you know, it also, you can almost see the patient relax. You can almost see like, okay, like, oh, they're recording this. Like now I can actually listen to what you're saying without frantically feeling like I have to memorize everything that's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, and so I think that some of it is, you, you know, you even had mentioned before about, um, patients, like you should always pretend like a patient's recording anyways. And they've done a bunch of studies that like 30 to 40% of patients secretly record, which is, mm -hmm. which is why is the need for it to be secret. Um, but, but, but because they're just needing that, they're just like, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't know. They're not trying yeah. to get anybody in trouble. They're just, I need to, uh, I, I need to know more information. I don't, I don't, I'm nervous. I'm scared. You know what I right. mean? And I think they're, they're embarrassed to ask if it's okay to record, you know, so they're, they're just going to do it on the down low and, and, uh, but uh, yeah, for sure. Well, and when we started actually with one of our providers um, and we found a similar thing, we utilize video as, as you guys are utilizing audio soon to be video, hopefully um, is uh, is like what some of our parents are like, I'm just really nervous to be sued. I'm really scared of that. Um, and we did a bunch of different work to see, okay, what are the implications? Talk to a bunch of malpractice insurers and lawyers and all of that. And they're like, no, I mean, it's, it, you're showing that you're educating. It's, it's, you know, providing everything you can do for the patient. And I still will never forget the one doctor was like, well, what if I say something like illegal? And I was like, well, don't say anything illegal. Like, why would you be saying anything? Like, wait a minute, like, hold, let's rewind this like interaction really quick because like, um, you shouldn't be doing that anyways, regardless of the, like, well, uh, that's a whole nother value thing, man, because right. regardless there. Well, we, um, we did something similar, you know, so we took some actual recordings uh, and, and, you know, we've got, we're part of this captive insurance uh, from our MedMal and uh, we gave it to the lead defense attorney. And so she listened to it and her comment to us was, please do this on every single patient. Why now? Why why was she saying? Was it probably had a lot to do with the checklist that you guys were implementing? But what what was what no, was I, kind of the the bubble around that? Yeah, I think <laughs> her her view was like this is concrete documentation that you know the patient was given the right instruction. They were told these things, you know, and and so she saw it as a great medical legal protection, um, you know, and and that's. We were, we were approaching it to make sure we weren't getting in trouble, you know, because we, yeah, right. we had to answer that question to the physicians, you know, within the group. It's like, uh, this is going to cause, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, so we weren't looking at it as a medical legal defense. Um, we were just wanting to make sure we could reassure the doctors, no, there's no problem with this, you know, as long as the patients are informed and consenting and everything else. Uh, and so it was a little bit of surprise <laughs> when, when she came back and said, this this is a great thing to do. Right. <laughs> please, please do this. 
Well, and it's interesting also right off the bat that with what you were saying with the checklist and, and Atuli, is that the checklist manifesto book yep. that you were referencing? Um, I don't, can't remember the last time I was, uh, I can't remember, but um, it's interesting that you say that because for a lot of providers that are considering recording, they're like, I believe in this, I, especially since COVID, the impression of recording patients and that virtual aspect has shifted drastically. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of them, it's just like, I don't know what to record. And so I think having like, okay, these are the five things that you should cover, or these, even for a nurse, these are the six things that you can cover. It takes the gray away and provides it just as you are, like as that lawyers had said, like, okay, if you're covering these six things on every single one of these videos, do it every time. And I think that probably is why that success has kind of happened of not just, okay, here, record what you should or record your discharge instruction. It should be kind of like, this is, this is how that goes. I mean, have you found that your providers find that easier once you kind of provided that framework or um, what kind of made you kind of go into that space or you guys always did that? No, no, I think it, you know, if we're going to record, let's make sure we do it right and do it the best we can. So it's like, you know, the patients need to know what their working diagnosis is. They need to know the tests that were done and the results of those tests, any treatments, um, what the expectation for follow-up is, you know, and, you know, make sure we answer the question. So it's, it's just very basic things, but it's just to make sure you, you don't blow through it or, you know, think you told them, but you didn't because you were just moving kind of quick. And, you know, there's, and it's not a, not a fault of the physicians, but the emergency department is just rife with interruptions, right? Mm -hmm. There's yeah. so many things. And so there's so, all this task switching. And every time you have one of those tasks switching, like um, you lose the momentum of what you were doing. And so then you got to go back. And, and so if you get an interruption or something being, you know, hits on your phone or you hear something and then you're trying to come back and pick up where you were with the patient, you may in your head have thought, well, I told them they need to see their doctor in a week, right. but maybe it didn't come out, you know? Right. Right. And so again, when, when you're sitting there looking at the checklist going through, it's just a, it's just a tool to help uh, combat uh, some of the chaos that's in the emergency department. Right. And that's very interesting that you say that too, because I guess I wouldn't have thought about that. Is it, it's not even just like having, I mean, my dad, again, the only interaction I've had is a discharge. That's so like, we're going to discharge you. I think very planned. Um, Cause it was a scheduled surgery. And even so we're like, what, like, let alone like, okay, he just left the room once he was explaining that. I mean, it's almost like wrapping this whole interaction in a nice like Bo, if you will, being like, let the, okay, let's finalize what just happened here in the past hour or, or whatever that might be. Now, for those providers that are, you know, thinking about recording or nervous of your recording and like what I could say it all day, right? But what, what as a provider, what advice or thoughts would you have as far as those contemplating um, starting to utilize technology like this? Yeah, I, I would say, number one, assume that it's already happening, right? assume that the patient's doing it. Um, and so if you provide some kind of structure um, or system in place, then that, that kind of, uh, you know, brings it into the light. Um, don't be afraid of the, of the medical legal risk, because I think that's been, you know, fairly definitively squashed, you know. Um, I think the, the information that we have back from patient satisfaction is tremendous. Like they, patients really like it. Um, I think it's very helpful. It's, again, it, um, just like you mentioned before, as I'm scribbling notes in the oncologist office with my mother-in-law, once I st start recording, then, then I just write down 
and I, I, I was more able to concentrate on the discussion rather than make, wait, 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 you know, did I get that right? What, what do they say? Um, and so it's just, it's a great tool. Like, um, why would you not want to use it? Yeah. (laughs) This is one of the questions that I would have. Right. And I do think that's, that's where we've come so far with, with COVID and the ability for people just to feel comfortable, but also with phones. I mean, everyone's record. I mean, just as you said, just assume it like all the time and then take ownership of it and take control of it. And as you guys have done really well, you know, in your ER setting is, and then build out that checklist of like, okay, great. If we're Mm -hmm. going to do it, let's do it right. And these are the things that we can cover um, just to make sure it's, you know, covering us and them and and all of, all of the pieces. Awesome. Cause the the screen that we have in our EMR, it's like when you, hit the little record button, it's the page lists all the things that you're covering. So you're sitting there looking at it as you're talking to them. So that's great. Well, and we've, it's interesting to seeing different capacities of, of how people have used it. Like we have some, we have, you know, medical memory is video recording option that the patient mm-hmm. can have access to and then share it. Um, but as far as, um, you know, like a NICU nurse, she'll like, I've just read the discharge instructions, like almost over. I'm like, just recording the baby like <laughs> just as I'm doing it um versus like with you know we're gonna show scans or we're gonna do you know different for different genres or oncology let's go over the medications because uh, all of the pieces are just different and it's been amazing to see how different um, facilities have utilized it uh, built their own checklists uh, built even like here's how to get in and out of a bed after surgery like adding all of those elements that you don't think about at the time and then you're like wait wait, wait what um, and, and, well, and the different specialties. So, um, I appreciate that you do that and use that, especially knowing like the value I've, I've seen it provide for myself and my family and let alone, you know, patients in, in that respect. So, um, you know, thanks for, for taking the lead on something that I think is just going to become pretty commonplace, you know, pretty fast as far as, um, a tool for patient care. Yeah. Well, and we're, and we're talking a lot about, you know, the discharge process, but there's, I think another crucial element is, and that's patient consent, right? Um, again, because if, you know, handing handing them a piece of paper that the nurse takes in and then the patient signs, that's not going to meet the the bar of patient consent. Like it needs to be the, the one that's going to be performing the procedure, then, you know, make sure all the stuff. And so, uh, and again, in the emergency room, sometimes consent's a little tricky. You know, like if it's an emergent, you know, you just do it. You're like, you yeah. don't worry about that. Uh, yeah. But in these other cases where you've got a little bit more time, we've used it to document our consent and make, you know, so we've explained the risk, we've explained the benefits, we've explained, you know, the options for, you know, other options. If we don't do this procedure, uh, they get to ask questions and then you hear them say, I consent. Like, so I think it gives a much stronger and a, and a much better uh, format for patient consent on, on procedures. Right. Which, which protects everyone, but then also is a checkbox for that provider of saying like, you know, we did, we have this conversation conversation too. Um, mm-hmm. Cause definitely that's one of the biggest things that we've seen, especially with medical memory is, you know, a lot of our providers upload, um, you know, videos that they created before that go over just that risk benefits, alternatives, everything. And that it becomes more of a blanket of edu- education and understanding for that patient versus like, okay, sign this. Um, in that respect. And I know you guys, as far as with the emergency room, have kind of created a lot of those type of videos or content that also is saying, okay, these are all the things that you need to be aware of patient for the things that maybe you say most often too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's interesting as far as an emergency room, how much more that consent is probably relevant or needed because of 
a little bit of the rush. I guess, I mean, obviously if they're coding in those things, you just go, but um, still on some of that, like, you know, of appendicitis or those where they're still aware it's okay. Well, we're, we're going now, like we're doing, you know, too. Awesome. <laughs> well, great. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us and talking about, you know, this, this kind of new technology and how you guys are utilizing it. I know medical memory, um, is, is very similar and close and, 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 how we're looking at video recording patients and providing that, that record. So um, appreciate what you do and, and thanks for hopping on with us today. Thanks Julian. Like I said, uh, we're, we're looking forward to kind of getting ours integrated so that we can add in that video component. So. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. And cut. Thank you for joining us on this episode of take one patient. We hope you have a nugget or two you can implement into your practice with your patients today. For more information about recording your visits with a HIPAA compliant app, go to www.themedicalmemory.com or you can follow me on Instagram at julierecordingdoctors. Thanks again.